is the Healthy Families Podcast, and my name is Jenny Hatch. I am your host. Today, I'm going to go through several video clips of Victoria Newland being in the news this week. Elon Musk himself identified her as the resident swamp goblin of the military-industrial complex, and people like Michael Tracy and Glenn Greenwald have exposed her for her history of being part of the military-industrial complex. I've wondered if she does not go by her husband's name because she doesn't want people to understand that her husband is, in fact, Mr. Military-Industrial Complex, Robert Kagan. But whatever the reasons for her keeping her name and her identity separate, the fact is that she has been a part of the inside team of war planning since she came on the scene in Washington, D.C. And she has shown particular interest in Ukraine and has held a lot of the levers of power around the Ukraine war. And so I have been thrilled to hear various people talking about Victoria Newland, what she knows, and more importantly, what she has done. So the opening clip is from the All In podcast, and this is David Sachs talking probably about 24 hours ago about Victoria Newland. We'll always climb the escalatory ladder all the way up to nukes if they have to. And the sooner we recognize that fact, the better off we're going to be. I think the good news is that, that we are... speech that he did where he kind of highlighted... I didn't see the speech. Was it good? We, already, already we just talked about it. It was, it was two minutes. It was fabulous. Sachs yeah. just mentioned it. The, the crazy thing is yeah. it sounded a lot like what we were talking on this podcast, which is he talked about all these generals that retired Victoria from... Newland. He, he mentioned Victoria, Victoria Newland by name. By name. By name. He he, he really did. Wait, explain to the audience this, because I didn't okay. see this, because I'm, I'm on a different time zone, and it, it must have okay. broken when I was uh, asleep or scared. Well, it's a two-minute video in which he, I, like I said, he attacked the military-industrial complex and the foreign policy establishment for creating this yep. war. And he mentioned Victoria yep. Newland by name. Let me tell you something. Newland is going to be... It's going to be a very popular message. When yes, you put out it's, it's very popular. Newland is the Fauci of this situation, okay? The same way that mm-hmm. Fauci was supposed to be protecting us <laughs> from Ooh. viruses and then funded gain-of-function gain research. Victoria <sighs> Newland... Now we got a label. Let me tell you something. Victoria Newland, misinformation. Victoria Newland was supposed to be our chief diplomat with respect to Russia and Eastern Europe. And what did she do instead? She ginned up this conflict. How? Ginned up. <laughs> we backed an insurrection in Ukraine in 2014. So that was the all-in pod talking about Victoria Newland. And I thought it was interesting that this past week, since the anti-war rally about six days ago, that so much of the conversation around anti-war sentiments, which historically have been mostly from the left, so much of the conversation this past week has been about who is worthy to call themselves anti-war. And my feeling is, even if up until yesterday you were pro-war, pro-Ukraine war, and comfortably called yourself a neocon or whatever, were supportive of every war, and now you've seen the light, now you feel differently because of whatever, I want to welcome you into the anti-war side of the political spectrum. I don't think we should have purity tests for those who have changed their minds. 
because it has been really difficult to see the forest for the trees. And that has certainly been the case for me, and I'm 55 years old. I grew up in the 80s in a conservative home where I was kind of grounded in certain worldviews and a comfort level with American posture around the world and the way that the wars have gone. I didn't understand the other arguments because I was never exposed to them. And I had some friends in my early 20s who opened up my thinking and broadened my views because they were so ardently anti-war. I was like, well, this person's not an idiot. They're educated and and uh, uh, self-actualized and wonderful. And why wouldn't I listen to their perspective? And fortunately, I did. I heard what they were saying. I listened to the arguments and they were common sense and they fit with other things I knew. And so as the years have clicked by and I have opened up my heart to this other side, um, it's been much more comfortable for me to come out as an anti-war type person. Now, in certain circles, I, uh, my family, other conservatives, for me to say that would be very uncomfortable. In fact, former friends might even get really angry at me for that. But you know what? At the end of the day, you have to stand up for what you believe. And I am very comfortable now calling myself anti-war. And I would hope that going forward, we can all welcome anyone who says, this is nuts. What's happening right now on the world stage is insane. And I, I'm so proud of the All In Pod guys, these four men who have their weekly podcast that I've been listening to for this past year, that even though they have been ardent Trump haters, all four of them, sarcastic and rude, and they don't like the man, probably still won't even vote for him. Um, here they are on their podcast talking about the speech he gave earlier this week. I didn't even know about this speech. And here they are talking about it. And um, I'm going to play it for you because it's quick. It's three minutes. World War III has never been closer than it is right now. We need to clean house of all of the warmongers and America last globalists and the deep state, the Pentagon, the State Department, and the national security industrial complex. One of the reasons I was the only president in generations who didn't start a war is that I was the only president who rejected the catastrophic advice of many of Washington's generals, bureaucrats, and the so-called diplomats who only know how to get us into conflict, but they don't know how to get us out. For decades, we've had the very same people, such as Victoria Newland and many others just like her, obsessed with pushing Ukraine toward NATO, not to mention the State Department support for uprisings in Ukraine. These people have been seeking confrontation for a long time, much like the case in Iraq and other parts of the world. And now we're teetering on the brink of World War III. And a lot of people don't see it, but I see it. And I've been right about a lot of things. They all say Trump's been right about everything. None of this excuses in any way the outrageous and horrible invasion of Ukraine one year ago, which would have never happened if I was your president, not even a little chance. But it does mean that here in America, we need to get rid of the corrupt globalist establishment 
that has botched every major foreign policy decision for decades. And that includes President Biden, whose own people said he's never made a good decision when it comes to looking at other countries and looking at wars. We have to replace them with people who support American interests. Over our four years in the White House, we made incredible progress in putting the America last contingent aside and bringing the world to peace. And now we're going to complete the mission. The State Department, Pentagon, and National Security Establishment will be a very different place by the end of my administration. In fact, just into my administration, it'll be a very different place. And it'll get things done, just like I did four years ago. We never had it so good. We'll also stop the lobbyists and the big defense contractors from going in and pushing our senior military and national security officials toward conflict only to reward them when they retire with lucrative jobs, getting paid millions and millions of dollars. Take a look at the globalist warmonger donors backing our opponents. That's because they're candidates of war. I am the president who delivers peace, and it's peace through strength. There was a reason we had no conflict. There was a reason we didn't get into wars, because other countries respected us. I entirely built all right from the beginning, rebuilt our military. It's a big reason for that. They didn't want to mess around with the United States, and now they're laughing at us. We could end the Ukraine conflict in 24 hours with the right leadership. At the end of my next four years, the warmongers and frauds and failures of the senior ranks of our government will all be gone, and we will have a new group of competent national security officials who believe in defending America's vital interests above all else. Thank you very much. So that was President Trump's speech earlier this week. And I have to say that the main reason I voted for President Trump in 2016 is because I felt that he was the only candidate who would do something about our pharmaceutical companies. He had made several public statements questioning the efficacy of vaccines during the debates in the Republican primary. He had defended parental rights and questioned again the efficacy of vaccines. And I was a one issue voter during the 2016 campaign. It was either President Trump or Rand Paul because he also had come out in support of freedom and parental rights and sovereignty around our bodies and minds. And at that point, I felt that the escalation was so bad with what the drug companies were planning for all of us that I knew that mandates for both kids and adults were coming on us fast and hard with or without a pandemic. And I suspected they were planning another pandemic anyway. And so I felt like President Trump was the only choice, knowing how badly Hillary Clinton was compromised by her relationships with all of big tech big government, big media, um, the drug companies, and the military-industrial complex. And then she had a big place in her heart for Monsanto. And I felt like with her as such an establishment candidate, it was just going to be a terrible time for young families if she was in power. And I felt like Trump was someone who would stand up to all of that and, and go to bat for us you know, as individual people and families. And I was disappointed, honestly, 
when I watched him during COVID, you know, doing his escalation of let's get the vaccine out, let's get the vaccine out. And I didn't understand what he was doing because I felt like, you know, what are you, what are you thinking with this rapid fire thing? And yet I had been reminded of over the years, several vaccine activists had claimed if we could get a vaccine deployed at the same time all around the world, then we could get the, the real numbers of side effects because the way they had done it previously was, okay, we'll drop it on this country or this state or this situation. And then they pull back and they don't allow these numbers to be grabbed. And you're seeing the numbers being published right now from various countries. Australia, New Zealand just came out with their numbers. Comorbidities, miscarriages, untimely deaths, cancer, all of these numbers are staggering right now as they're being presented. And they happen at the same time because of the rapid development of this vaccine. When the drug companies were talking about COVID initially, they said it might be 10 years before they would be able to come up with a vaccine. And because of what Trump did with his, we're just going to get it done, get it out to the people. And he was very clear about saying nobody should be forced. They should always have a choice. He was clear from the beginning about that. And so that's how I've sort of reconciled it in my mo my own mind of his dance with the devil with these drug companies. But isn't it interesting that Dr. Fauci and his wife both hold basically the reins of power over the drug situation. And here you've got Mr. Kagan and his wife, Victoria Newland, who've got the absolute control over the military industrial complex. These are very small groups, elitist groups that make big bucks around their positions of power. And so here's another quote from the All In Pod that talks about that side of things. Would like the U.S. to play a more constructive role in finding a peace deal, not like you said, Jason, saber rattling or escalating. So the rest of the world is not happy with us. And this is why the Russian sanctions have not been effective. I think the Russian economies had like a three to four percent hit. It is not the collapse that was predicted because there are enough other countries willing to do business with them. Would this have happened, Shamat, if Trump was president? And how would Trump have handled it, do you think? Just game theory here. I'm just curious. Because Trump almost won, right? I mean, if Trump had won, what would this look like? Would Putin have gone in there if Trump was president? And how would Trump have handled it? Because Trump seems to think, I would have just told him, don't do this, and they wouldn't have done it. I mean, this is the most obvious compliment I can give him. I think that he is exceptionally pragmatic on being anti-war. And I think that that is one of the most positive characteristics that he showed. He was really the only president, I think, in modern history, right, Saxe Poo, that hasn't gotten yeah. us embroiled in a new no war. new wars, yeah. It is the best part of him, yeah. He's been incredibly, incredibly consistent. So I suspect that there would have been some kind of a deal. I know that sounds so ridiculous to say, but there would have been a deal. There would have been a deal. He's a deal I, maker. I, I actually agree. He's a deal maker. He's a deal. Jason, he, he gave he a statement this week. He went to North Korea. He went to North Korea and met with... He'll shake hands with anybody. Exactly. He would have fired all of the, the deep state blob that started to position anything towards a conflict. So I think he would have shut the door so ferociously on Ukraine and NATO. And anybody that crossed that line, he would have tarred and feathered publicly. And I think the end result would have been that... Putin could have found an off-ramp well before he invaded. 
Probably. Totally. Yes, I, I agree. And I agree Trump with that. And Trump blamed Germany for all this, right? He called it. Well, Trump very early asked the question, why are we spending all this money to defend Germany? Yeah, kind of so that's the end of that quote from the All In Pod. I see I've got a guest. So, Gator, you want to come in? Hey, Jenny, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, I, was, uh, I was just listening to what you were saying about this kind of um, data thing. I'm just wondering, I, I mean, I'm a bit confused, but I, didn't, I don't think I really understood what you were saying. I mean, what, what you're saying is that um, it is what you're saying, that um, Trump authorised the vaccines <clears throat> for a specific reason other than that they might work. Absolutely. Um, okay, so you, you point you're saying that um, prior prior to that, f vaccine efficacy or, or lack of safety wasn't really detectable. Well, he understands the mindset, especially of conservatives. Most of the conservatives I know are all in with the drug companies. They believe in the vaccines. They give them to their kids. And they don't question anything. That's that's like most of the people I know. And it's not just conservatives. It's also the left, you know. And so for him to come out as an anti-vaxxer bef before the vaccine was even created um, would not have been tenable, really, from anybody, right or left. And so I believe he did this. All right, people want a vaccine. They're demanding a vaccine. Let's give them a vaccine, but give them a choice whether or not to take it, knowing that some people will be harmed. And that's better than having everybody vaccinated because there's a mandate and the drug companies want to get everybody, you know, vaccinated. And we'll focus on the cures. Remember how he talked about hydroxychloroquine and he was taking it himself? You know, this is the other side of Trump that people forget. He took a lot of heat for that. And I believe he understood that he had to kind of walk on this tightrope in order to uh, navigate, especially America, but really anybody, through this minefield that had been set up and planned for decades. Right. So you're saying that his final outcome or objective and his plan all along was to basically end up in the situation that we're in in order to prove that vaccines are basically flawed? Not necessarily prove. I think many people are coming to understand that, but really to to give people an out to say, you know, I'm not going to ever mandate this. I'm never going to say everybody has to get the shot. You right. But your you're saying that that was a strategic, a, a, a deliberate objective from the beginning. I think it has to be given his other comments. He came out against uh, he talked openly about kids getting autism from their childhood vaccines. I mean, have you seen these quotes? No. He, he made public statements before he even ran for office, understanding that there was problems with childhood vaccines. He said, I've seen it. I, I've even wondered if his own son uh, was somehow damaged and he watched it. You know, right, there's okay. some people. But, but what you're saying there doesn't, it just ignores something, right? If you look back in the history of vaccines, how many vaccines have been withdrawn from the market and how and what was the mechanism by which they were withdrawn? There haven't been too many that have been withdrawn. 
what are but you there talking have been about? some. So Pandemrix was was a major one for H5N1. Um, Gardasil's had problems. There's, I think, the, I, I can't remember exactly. There may have been a version of the yellow fever vaccine that kind of had some problems at some point. <clears throat> I can't remember exactly, but there's been a few, right? At least a few. H1N1 I mean, still being given out. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, no, Pandemrix has been withdrawn and it was withdrawn in something like 2001 or something like that. Because it had well, squalene in it as a, and they hadn't adequately tested it, and GlaxoSmithKline had to pull it. Oh, right, they so adequately they adequately tested squalene. They knew exactly what squalene was going to do as an adjuvant. Well, there they no- didn't. Well, they well they used it, and they and it and it and it caused narcolepsy, and the whole thing was withdrawn eventually. Right now, how did that happen? That happened because there was there was standards <clears throat> that are different to today in the vaccine safety monitoring systems, okay? And it was in the Scandinavian countries that that first um, acceded to the data that they had after increasing numbers of people in that those countries and others started saying, claiming that they'd been damaged, right? And eventually that pulled back into <clears throat> the US and, and wider across the world, right? Because systems like theirs showed a safety signal that essentially the Norwegians and the, the Scandies couldn't, didn't want to ignore and eventually started making decisions. But countries like the UK and probably the US denied the problem. And in the UK, particularly, the people who were damaged here took over eight years and a high court challenge against the government to get these people's damage recognised and to get some compensation, right? And all of that's, you know, by par for the course with the, all of this stuff. But my point is that to claim, to claim, Right. The, the reason why I'm asking these questions or pointing this stuff out is because um, what you're what you're telling me as a listener is this. That Donald Trump, for, 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 for a deliberate agenda, decided to actually create, <clears throat> allow to be created knowingly harmful vaccines and then unbridled allow them to be deployed all across the world with knowledge that they would cause harm mass harm over five billion people have been injected with this stuff now okay all all in order to develop a data set which would tell people you know what generally vaccines are not good for us so we should all stop taking them that's basically what you're saying right it is what i'm saying okay my question back to you is how would he have been received by the American public if he had come out strongly as an anti-vaxxer right at the beginning and started yelling about vaccines all four years of his okay. presidency? How would he but have wait been a second. Received? But you also said that people demanded a vaccine. That's not true either. Okay, People did not demand a vaccine. The vaccine was forced out of the corporate wing of you know medicine into, through government okay, into people. There was no demand from consumers. Consumers did what they were told, which is they were told this pandemic is more dangerous than it is. I mean, it's not even a pandemic, but they were told it was. Then they were were put into fear. They were made to believe a a false narrative. And then they were told that your life will be damaged until we get a vaccine and the vaccine is the answer. That's not people demanding a vaccine. That's people being told 
that they have to have a vaccine as a solution. I agree with you. There is a group of people who that is their very posture. But right? I know I know people in my day-to-day life who look to vaccines as the source of solving all of their problems. And I would ask you this. If the vaccine manufacturers had had 10 years of the COVID virus with its gain-of-function ability whipping around the world for 10 solid years as they were planning and during all that time did all their lockdowns and shutdowns and we're going to have a vaccine passport and all the things they've been planning. And then here's this vaccine that's going to save the world. And it's just that next level of death and destruction. In what way is that better than President Trump with his Operation Warp Speed? We're just going to get it out there. We're going to let people have what they want. And there were people who wanted it. And then we are going to have this data set that will shut down these companies forever. Okay, I personally this is... prefer the second to the first. Right. But, but again, it's still it's still utter, what you're saying is utterly selective and deliberately spun in your to, to favor your um, conclusion. It's 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 front loaded bias. Right. Because what you're ignoring is that Trump enabled in was was in president is in presidency through the before the pandemic began right right through to the end of 20 uh, was it maybe the beginning of 2021 or late 2020 i can't remember now and um so all of the media hype about what the pandemic was well before um, a vaccine was in the late stages of development and primary testing okay he enabled all of that narrative Right. He didn't interfere with the narrative of the vax, uh, the virus. Right. He enabled it. So sometimes his... people have sometimes people have to be shown the folly of their ways by going through a propaganda experience and then taking okay. the drug and saying, and, and, oh, and, my but, gosh, but, I made right? a bad choice. And, and, and that's that's more confirmation that you are locked in a loop because you haven't thought this through. Right. So you're you're have you ever seen a Bruce Willis film called Unbreakable? I don't think I have. What's it about? Okay, what it is is it's this. Not he plays an ordinary guy, right? He's a completely ordinary guy. He's a security guard, right? And for some reason, he can bench press a lot, and and he's a strong bloke, right? But he doesn't realise that um, that there's something unusual about him, and he and he basically has a weird empathy with people who he can touch, and he realises occasionally he touches a bad person and gets this flash of a vision of something bad happening, right? And then they also he finds out that he's eff- effectively, um, you know, impervious to everything. And um, and he basically becomes like this really averagely average guy who be- turns out to be a, a sort of a form of superhero. Now, there's obviously a nemesis, right? And this nemesis is um, is 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 the complete polar opposite, totally fragile, right? And basically, the story culminates in them being brought together, um, and it centers. Oh yeah, that's right. The reason why he's found out that he's a bit unusual, this guy, is because he was involved in a train accident and he was the sole survivor of the train accident, right? And and from there, he's always thought it's a bit unusual and it f- turns out he's unbreakable, hence the name of the film. Now, in the end, he comes together with this nemesis and, he, and the nemesis admits, I created the train crash and I have been creating disasters around the world in order to find you, because I knew that from the comic book lore and the good and evil paradigm, 
every everything has an opposite and i needed to find you and the way that i've now felt now that we're brought together that completes this loop and we can be friends right obviously twisted as fuck what you're what you're saying about donald trump is that you're saying that he is that bad guy he is li you're literally saying that you back and support a guy who consciously knowingly created something and released it en masse and peddled it around the world to half or more of the world's population that could kill all of them only to get a data set on human um, reactions to this stuff so that people would go, you know what, vaccines aren't that good an idea. That's what you're claiming Donald Trump is. I appreciate that view. I even sort of accept it because it is what I'm saying, but I would add to it that he also has consistently said free will, free choice, no mandates, and he has propped up alternative ways to heal COVID, including hydroxychloroquine, and pushed for alter alternative healing solutions. And I think that will further come out down the road. Okay, and but I, that's not true I either. Would ask you, I would ask you the hypothetical of what would it have looked like had Hillary Clinton been president for it four doesn't matter. years? If the deep state had gotten complete control over all of us, it doesn't right? matter. It, does, it doesn't matter. Again, you've just, you've just completely basically misrepresented some stuff about um, alternative treatments, right? For a start, okay, even if he mentioned hydroxychloroquine and a couple of other things that were in development, he did nothing to overrule the NIH, NIAID, Fauci, and all the rest of the people before he left office to ensure that those medicines could be prescribed. He could have put in executive orders, which basically prevented all of those entities from fucking with doctors' ability to prescribe. He didn't, right? But he, you claim he knew for certain that there was loads of treatment. Also, what has he done since he left office? Has he has he banged the drum for treatment? No. Has he has he set up any? Has he got anything to do with any of the doctors' groups who do actually produce and forward the the the, the, um, the uh, promote the alternative treatments? No. Has he presidentially protected any of those people who have been punished by the state? No. Right. And you're saying also about free will. OK, he was involved in the propaganda machine, which brainwashed many people into believing that they that they should take it. And he also did nothing to undermine the possibility of a mandate, which is why there were mandates in the US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand. There was nearly one in the UK. There was a de facto one in the UK to, for some people, actually, um, and many other countries around the world. Right. So you're wrong about Trump's actions because, one, he's the leader of a G1 nation. Two, the, the companies that made this stuff are all based in the US. Right. And they were all happening under his watch. They were all released under his watch. So so what you said is a misrepresentation of the truth. And it's totally inadequate still... because because you are literally that saying that, that, that Donald Trump is a man who has willingly committed mass global genocide in order to just make a point that is already actually known. I still maintain that it was one or the other. 90% of us are dead or 50% of us are dead. I think he went with the 50%. And for those who've had the COVID vaccines and the boosters who are sick or they're getting sicker, or they have a cancer coming, there are treatments coming. The story has not finished. It's, it's still being told. It's still playing out. And I, 
I appreciate your views, Gator, and I appreciate your pushback, but I am sticking with President Trump. I but have this but, but respect, you're... this never-ending respect for the hit that hits that he's taken. He and his family have taken for all these years and his posture and his willingness to understand the psychological operations that are at work. And sometimes people have to be shown right. exactly what's happening before they're willing to say they have to come right to the edge of the cliff before they say, yeah, I'm not jumping off that cliff. I'm not even going to allow anybody to push me off that cliff. I'm going to go over here where it's safe. He understands the psychological aspects of it. And no, I'm, that's I'm sorry. That's that's, that's 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 that is. The, but you but even though that you have had to have you've had to literally misrepresent the truth to, in order to in order for you to, to be able to say that, because and I've just corrected you on a load of stuff that proves that you are misrepresenting the truth about about what t Donald Trump did, the timings and, and therefore what you ascribe as his knowledge. And you're literally going as far as saying I back somebody who's committed a genocide which leaves the, uh, the Holocaust and every single war in humanity in the shade, added, added all together. That's what you back, right? Do you understand I, that that's not normal to think like that? I know it's not normal. I don't know anybody else who thinks the way I do. You're backing pick, as somebody who's initiated pick, a genocide. Pick your poison, Gator. The genocide was going to happen with no, it wasn't. Trump. Yes, it was. No, yes, it, it wasn't. Was. Yes, it absolutely was. We have proof that right. the COVID vaccine was formulated before Trump even came into power. So what? Going, if Trump so, and Trump had Trump had it. executive order abilities to do things like absolutely block a mandate from the beginning, right? And he didn't do it. He didn't do it, which allowed the US to put mandates in until small groups of people who have not been backed by Trump in any way, shape or form with any of the help for their legal expenses or anything to have to take Supreme Court actions to have aspects of it knocked over. Go and talk to anyone in the military, right? Who 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 has basically managed to, to fight this off. The the veteran pilots or the serving pilots. Did they think they had any help from Trump? No, they didn't, right? So you're not so what you're claiming about Trump being a fighter and backing everybody, why wouldn't he why wouldn't he be behind all of these moves afterwards? Because it's not true. Well, we'll just have to see how it plays out. This the story is still unfolding. No, but I've just pointed out to you that, that a massive hole in your story. You're claiming and that you're, you're ascribing credit to Donald Trump in certain key moments, which you've just pointed out can't have been true, right? For various clear, clear, provable and circumstantial reasons. And even after the event, he hasn't done anything to help the people who are trying to fight or push back or under, or have proven through constant scientific research or legal action or just general publicity that the vaccines are damaging, harmful or don't work. Trump's had nothing to do with any of that. As I stated, I think even before you showed up, the research that was being done to prove that the vaccine would be a thing was going to unfold after 10 years of them letting this gain of function virus whip around the world. And during that time, they were going to increasingly push a medical police state. Trump shows up on the scene and starts throwing monkey wrenches into all of their plans. By making, this, by, by making them go to market. Like I said, there have been vaccine activists who I know personally 
who've said we need a one-time event to get the data set in order to shut it all right, down. Right, you, you don't shut do that across forever. half of the globe. Shut it, yeah, and that's better than 90%. That's better than 90%. No, you That's... don't, because because you can get that effect in a much smaller population. You, you're, you're literally, you're, don't you realise, are you this naive? 99% of the Australian population have been do more than dosed at least, well, more than once, because their country actually did Im Im uh, implement um, mandates. And, and yep. about 95 and imagine that. The imagine Canadian that the population have been have been in that situation as well, all because of something that came out of the U.S. Imagine that all over the world, which if Hillary Clinton had been president and they unleashed the pandemic, it would have been all over the world. This is non. What you're saying is nonsense, right? Because even if this is true, there is no need to do this to five billion people. Because even having done this to five billion people. The data sets that we actually have are still not based around five billion people's results. They're still based around science that uses 60, 100, 400, or in one of the larger cases about myocarditis, it's a, it's a meta-analysis of people's medical records pre and post vaccination, which covers about 120,000 people versus 560 odd or 590,000 people, right? Now, so so those numbers, none of those numbers, even even the meta-analysis scale of what I've just mentioned, is nowhere near 5.5 billion people. You don't need that number of people to achieve statistical significance of harm in medicine at all. So what you're saying now isn't even statistically or medically valid. Cater, do you buy into the idea that the whole vaccine program from the 1918 flu to today was all fake no i'm not sure all... about that at all oh, no I, I do it's all been biological warfare since that 1918 flu that killed 150 million people it's all been machinations by the globalists the deep state the drug industrialists they came up with this really sophisticated w way to kill lots and lots of people and make money as they do it right so and edward so it did, so did edward jenner was edward jenner part of that plan my point is was how, do you take, how do you take a subs a, a group like that down after over a hundred? No, wait a years? second. But your but for you for the for your theory to have validity, you have to face the question: Was Edward Jenner part of that plan? I don't even know who that is. Edward Jenner was the guy who first officially, but but unofficially, this is not correct, right? But officially, he's the one recognised in the West as being the guy who effectively came up with the smallpox vaccine. I, I know the claims around what they've said they've done. And, and honestly, when the smallpox was raging around pre-revolutionary America, the way they vaccinated with, with a live virus, and I, I personally see some wisdom in that. It's the current strain. It's the live virus. They'd stick a scab. But that's wrong as well. Kids nose, and they would expose the people to the, to the live virus. And then if they got sick a little bit and their immune system came back stronger than ever, that was vaccination. But this new thing that we've had during the 20th and 21st centuries of this mad scientist type of vaccine program has killed so many people. 
And right, to get so, to today, so, hang on. how do you take that down? Right. So you've so again, you've just undermined yourself. So you're 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 agreeing that there's a possibility that Edward Jenner, in developing the smallpox vaccine, which actually didn't use smallpox, it used cowpox, right, which was not harmful to humans, but created an antibody response that was compatible and provided cover against smallpox, right? So he wasn't even using live smallpox, uh, or or not for yeah. In fact, I'm sure he wasn't, right? You're saying that he. Could, he, he wasn't part of the globalist agenda, and that might have worked because they were using a small amount of live virus. Well, there's loads of vaccines that use small amounts of live, attenuated, or disabled, killed vac uh, viruses. There's loads of them. Right now, plenty of them don't seem to have been associated with um, some of the things that some of the issues that we are aware of, like AD, um, you know, um, Asperger's or um, autism, autism. Yeah. Right. And I'm and I'm completely open minded. I'm sure that with the right experimental data, you can demonstrate that. And I'm sure that if you look at a combination of factors in society, like the rise of um, the decrease in, in, in various um, states of health in coordination with the increasing amount of vaccine scheduling, particularly in the US, and the increasing consumption of plant oils and various other levels of processed um, food, all of these things can be t probably add up to a bad uh, to a bad day for the human race. Of course, I'm not I'm not I'm not um, I'm not ins insensitive to any of that. Right. But the problem with what you're saying is that is that basically you're writing off every single form of vaccine from 1918 as part of some massive plot. Yet at the same time, you're saying, but it's possible that the method of vaccination that Jenna used probably was OK, which is actually basically the, in very close to lots of other vaccines, particularly early, early, early versions of them. So so why is it that what Jenna can do is all right, who you didn't even know and what and and what you don't like isn't all right when they're actually a lot of them are experimentally the same in method. And, and and this is my point. What I'm saying about this is that you sound like somebody who f has has some knowledge on some of the stuff and has, you know, you have person perfectly acceptable reasons to be suspicious. And I back most of them, actually. I do actually share most of your sympathies about, to be honest, I had a minimum number of va vaccines and I there's nothing wrong with me and I wouldn't recommend anybody necessarily go and have large amounts of vaccinations at all right and and, and i know people whose children have not had any and they're fine so I, I'd, I'd go for as minimum amount well, as possible. you can add my own physical disabilities of which there are many yeah, I, 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 I know i remember diseases. you saying right two you can add that to what happened to me in 2009 when i organized the first big national conference at the denver capital against the h1n1 I have to have to share with you what the drug industrialist did to me as an activist, because it's not been pretty. And I have to share what they've done to other activists to shut us down. And so yeah, I'm not saying, poison. look, I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying that there isn't that kind of thing going on. Of course there is. It's medicine and big pharma and big business and it colludes with government and Fauci and the rest of it. That's all they established. Are, they, are not, killers. I, they are killers. Yeah, I'm okay. not objecting to any of that. Right. But what I'm pointing out is that when you loop up your end statement about Trump being what you claim he is, you don't sound like you've thought it through because 
because when a breakdown will will you, you've gone the whole 1918 thing onwards is a sham right but you can't cope with the details around Jenner and the parity that they have with other technologies earlier in the vi virus of uh, the vaccine cycle in the early part of the 20th century you can't deal effectively with with this ridiculous claim that you back a person who has initiated a global genocide knowingly that means that you like hitler right is, is that's you, you 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 wanted hitler on crack right just to make a point so so if you applied that thinking to hitler where would you get you'd get all of these people going yeah you know what hitler wasn't a bad bloke because what he was trying to show us was that uh, to be honest lots of people can go and end up being convinced to go to a world war which we know kills people and look it at least got rid of it kept wars to a smaller scale throughout the 20th century that's just fucking insane to say things like that and that's a broad parallel to what you're saying now well, you know, you can have your view about who I am and what I believe and what I think. And then I have reality, which is what I know I believe and what I think. But it's not and reality because you can't prove yelled, your claims. Look, nobody has yelled louder than me warning families about vaccines. Every day I wake up and think about how I can effectively share my message. But that's got nothing to do with, with what you're claiming about Donald Trump. What I am telling you is an impossible situation that was going to kill a huge number of people was made better because no, of this isn't. man. Because if, if, because if Donald Trump man. created the parameters for warp speed and he signed them off, right, he, could, he didn't have to do that. He could have said, no, we're not, we're not changing the production process or yes, speed of, day, of, of vaccines. The next day, there would have been another attempt to impeach him for depriving the people of their, quote, health rights to get a vaccine you know how it would have gone i'm telling you he's been walking but it doesn't matter that it doesn't matter because if the rule if the rule if he was concerned and he had prior knowledge right and he had a strategic objective there are many ways that could have that, that things well, could have been Gator, done differently next time, next time let's all vote you in because you've got all the answers and you can figure it all out for but everybody. That, but but, but reacting know? like that when somebody pushes back and shows there are major holes in your thinking and also the what you align to the end result of what you're actually saying you support which is genocide to to prove a point is fucking nuts and if you if you go and react oh well we, we cannot we can we, we can all just um wait it out and see how it works out that's just childish it's a childish response because you're not really dealing with the flaws that i've just highlighted you're just when going you have, yeah all right then well you can believe whatever you companies, want when you have drug companies that own the government that own all the institutions that dictate scientific policy hand out the money to do all the research run the medical schools run the pharmacies are in control of every bit and particle of the media what is your answer? What is your answer, Gator? Right. So, so in order for you, for your um, apocalyptic world outcome to, to uh, and, and Trump's interaction with it to be credible, what what was Donald Trump's um, efforts around central bank digital currency or digital identity in any of the time that he was either running for or president or since? I don't want to go down this path with you right now. I started the show. Zero. It's I zero. Go to talk about Victoria Newland. I'm going to pivot back. You're welcome to stay.
Okay. I'm not well, it's zero. From it's you. zero. In, and I'll just say this: it's I zero. He hasn't done anything about it. He's not going to do anything about it. And, it, and if he if he wins, he will allow all of it because it's already here. It's already digital ID is already here. He's done nothing about it. In order for him to be what you claim, he would have had to have interrupted and blocked and stopped CBDCs and stopped digital IDs before now, and he hasn't, which is another pr evidence that you're wrong about whatever your claims about Trump is. Look, I'm going to make a prediction right now, okay? In the coming months and years, I would ask you to come back to this conversation and listen to it, and then tell me if you still agree with everything you've just said. Let's just have that pact between us, that at some point you come back and listen and go, hmm, I think listen I to see what, things sorry? differently now. Listen to this podcast. Listen to your own arguments and ask yourself if you see things differently. That's all I'm asking. You know, I don't have the gumption or the heart to keep going around with you about this or that. I started the show to talk about the war and Victoria Newland. I pivoted over to vaccines just to throw out the idea that Mr. and Mrs. Fauci at the head of the NIH was problematic, just like Victoria Newland and Robert Kagan being in charge of the war machine is problematic. I wasn't even planning to talk about vaccines. I was going to talk about Victoria Newland, but I accept your positions. I've heard you. I understand your arguments. I reject most of them. But again, come back in a couple of months or a year and listen to this again and then tell me if anything's changed. I will be the one most curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, fine. I just I don't I think you you haven't thought this through. You haven't thought through. I Donald think about Trump. it all day long. I promise you. I think about it all day long. I, I've been a very vocal Trump supporter for the last seven years, and I've taken a lot of heat for it. Well, I've just, I've just basically fucked up your argument by asking you questions no, you that didn't. you don't have an answer to. No, you didn't. And you back genocide. You back global genocide. No, I don't. No, I don't. That is ridiculous. Well, that's what now, you're this, claiming. You back Donald Trump, thing. who was initiated and assisted in what you, dis what you admit is a global genocide. You are jumping to that. That is no, your pivot. because that's what that the is outcome your... is. No, you need well, to hear me. But, and okay. Donald Trump has allowed that. That's not normal to think that. I know it's not normal. It doesn't make I'm sense. The only one who thinks that. Listen, people I love and respect more than you have said all of these things to my face for a long time. And all I'm saying is because I have a different view does not mean that I'm crazy or delusional or often left field or into genocide. I reject that. But I am going to go back to my original topic. So thank you for showing up. Yeah, no I worries. appreciate you. I appreciate your comments. And I welcome you back to the show. Another quote by Glenn Greenwald and Michael Tracy about Victoria Newland. Of litmus test, the admission ticket to be accepted by the Washington establishment is support for this war in Ukraine. Let me show you a statement that was bizarrely issued today out of nowhere by the FBI. I really don't understand why the FBI decided to have their own foreign policy statement, but here you see it. I don't know if you saw it on screen. I'm just going to read it to you. It's issued in the name of, of Christopher Ray, uh, Christopher Ray, the FBI director, and it's on FBI official whatever with their, their logo, and this is what he said, quote, it has been one year since Russia launched an unprovoked invasion of its neighbor.
But the FBI has been working with our Ukrainian partners for years to battle Russian aggression there, and we aren't going anywhere. The FBI's commitment to Ukraine remains unwavering, and we will continue to stand against Russia at home and abroad. So this is the FBI kind of <laughs> knowing that they're not. Is that real? Yeah, it's amazing. Like, what role does the FBI have to play in the war in Ukraine? But this is the admission ticket to gaining popularity is if you just... And, and look, the statement is in blue and yellow, too. I'm not joking. It was on a blue background, and then the special letters that they want to emphasize are in yellow, and the name Christopher Ray is also in yellow. So you have the blue and yellow flag that's being subliminally waved by the FBI because the FBI knows that they have a lot of problems with conservative voters and with conservative politicians, and this is how they get to curry favor with at least the Republican establishment and the media is by declaring their support for Ukraine. That's amazing. I hadn't seen that. I would certainly like to know where in the charter it authorizes the agency or the bureau rather to like have its own autonomous foreign policy seemingly where it's like pledging to fight Russia as a matter of federal law enforcement, which I have thought about the domestic United States. Of course, there are at times where the FBI goes to track down a criminal abroad somewhere. But just as like a matter of geopolitical, it's seeming like it has declared that it's at war with Russia and standing with Ukraine, which, again, is sort of, if you think about what you'd expect the purview of a federal law enforcement agency to be. Yeah, I mean, it just has such immense propaganda. Now, speaking of bipartisan this kind of bipartisan club that produces unity and consensus there's no better example i think than victoria newland who amazingly stays in power no matter which party ends up winning she was in the government when bill clinton was president exercised a lot of influence she then ended up as dick cheney's primary political advisor on the iraq war and you might think that that might have harmed her career at least in democratic circles but no it did not she immediately reappeared in the obama administration working in hillary clinton's state department and then running ukraine and john Kerry's state department the only thing that got her out of government was donald trump's win she spent four years out of donald out of government when trump was president this is why neocons hated trump so much and then by open oh, then uh biden wins and she's right back in anthony blinken's um state department running ukraine and as you've been pointing out michael you've been doing a lot of kind of historical digging over the into that that era and finding that all of the people who are running this war in ukraine beginning of course with joe biden himself were all people who were part of the club agitating for the invasion of Iraq as well. They never go anywhere. They always remain in power, no matter how grievous their errors. Um, what is it that you've been finding that you think is interesting about a lot of these connections that I think history has forgotten? Yeah, I, mean, I think the breadth of Newland's Bush administration is not adequately understood. Because it wasn't just that she worked on the staff of the vice president's office, when Dick Cheney obviously was the vice president, she was then the U.S. ambassador to NATO under Bush during a fairly period when the momentum around this prospect of Ukraine joining NATO at some point was beginning to germ. So that is Michael Tracy, Glenn Greenwald on Victoria Newland. If you'll go over to Michael Tracy's Twitter over the last couple of days, 
he's done several deep dives with threads outing Victoria Newland as a swamp monster. I think I called her in the resident swamp goblin, Victoria Newland. And she is Mrs. Military Industrial Complex. And she has uh, the most skin invested in the game of what's happening right now in Ukraine. Interestingly enough, I have been covering as a citizen journalist a case out of Utah involving a attorney named David Levitt, who in 2014 moved with his family to Kiev, Ukraine, and was best friends with the new president who had been established by Victoria Newland and the Obama administration. And everybody who's watched this understands that this new president was a puppet for the deep state, for the military industrial complex. And there are people who have claimed that Ukraine was the hub for all of the dark things that were happening around our military. So as I have uh, done this investigation into who this man was, what he's done, what people have claimed he has done, he is in fact one of your typical uh, satanic worshiping, worshiping pedophiles that have been outed in various attempts to um, expose the people who's at the helm of various uh, countries and what their goals are. And when I read the victim statements from people who had interacted with him, his wife, and their circle of evil in Utah during the late 2000s and early 2010s, um, this is when I realized that the claims that we heard from the Pizzagate stories, from the DNC emails that were dropped by WikiLeaks, Julian Assange made certain that these emails were published a couple of days before the 2016 election. And uh, we all remember Comey's response to all of that. Oh, I've investigated us and found that we did nothing wrong, was his posture. There was no real uh, accountability for the crimes that were outlined in those emails. And he sort of brushed it aside. And then Trump came in as president and said, yeah, Comey, goodbye, fired him. And that was one of the best moves of his presidency. But as I have read those emails, and I've spent many hours reading those emails, blogging them, making videos and podcasts about them, it all aligns in this story in Ukraine. And if nothing else, the Ukraine war, the case can be made that the Ukraine war is an attempt by Putin and others to help expose just exactly what has gone down in Ukraine. And so to have President Biden over there providing tremendous cover, offering billions of dollars of support, and then Victoria Nuland herself this week making the case for why we must remain steadfast. I'll play you the clip of the interview with her. Ask you a, a personal question. You have been in the news or at least the, the Twitter sphere in the last 24 hours. Elon Musk the owner of Twitter, uh, tweeted yesterday in response to some discussions about you. I'm quoting here, nobody is pushing this war more than Newland. And I'd like to ask your reaction. Well, I would start with uh, a basic fact here, which I'm confident is well known, which is if this war is to end, it could end tomorrow if Vladimir Putin... Choose, chose to end it and to withdraw his troops. 
so this is this is not about us. This is about choices that Vladimir Putin has made um, to try to bite off pieces of his neighbor. And if we allow this as the United States, if we don't support the victim in this aggression, then this aggression will be replicated all over the planet in the years to come. And, you know, uh, particularly folks with young children ought to be thinking about the future that they want to live in. So that's Victoria Newland herself this past week, defending her actions, defending the war. And I would be most interested in hearing what any of you who are listening have to say about this topic. If any of you would like to call in, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I do think she's probably one of the most evil people in government currently. William, what do you have to say? How you doing, sister? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, I think you're doing a great job. I'll defer to you on this exact, uh, call it broken spoke in the wheel, of crooked wheel of our foreign wars over <laughs> decades. Um, I would say, recall uh, Angela Merkel's statement and Poroshenko's statements on their intent of the Minsk Accords it was basically to buy time to arm up and uh, train uh, soldiers for basically a war with Russia. So, uh, you know what I'm talking about? The statements they made. Yeah, and Biden said we were not going to participate in that. And um, how would how would things have gone if he'd given the green light to that? That was something that could have provided peace through strength. Absolutely, absolutely. We all know. It's not Russia. It's it's quite hypocrisy when we talk about, you know, the Warsaw Pact broke up, the agreement that was clearly made between Reagan and Gorbachev not to expand Germany when east of the uh, German border. And look what happened. I mean, not, NATO, not to expand NATO, not Germany. Went east of the German border and look what's happened. How many? 14, if I'm not mistaken, countries, you know, uh, states that have expanded and uh it's not the soviet union that's expanding trying to uh grow their uh, occupation it's nato and the nato should have broken up there was something called um oh chris hedges talks about it um the peace dividend they were looking forward to once the warsaw pact broke up that nato would break up and uh rather than money going towards a cold war and arms and you know, expansion of military, uh, uh, not only soldiers, but weaponry for the military industrial congressional complex that we'd have a, a peace dividend and be able to rebuild our infrastructure and do things here at home like we desperately need, as we see now with the train tragedy in Palestine, Ohio. And, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I was shocked to hear that there's over a thousand train derailments a year, which I had no idea. Um, and uh, that's a whole nother matter. I want to go down right now because it's not your room, but I'm, but I mean, it's the crumbling infrastructure in this country where here's another thing that is one to consider in the bigger picture. I think Jenny is that, okay, we know our military budget, you know, continues to increase. Um, we have these wars that are not approved by Congress, you know, these covert wars that become hot wars. And uh, uh, the report, wherever the reported military budget is, we have to consider the Pentagon shortfall 
Every year they, they fail a budget, um, an audit by I trillions. I know. So what's the real budget? Go ahead. I'm sorry. That was one of the big uh, stories around 9-11, that the day before 9-11, there was a big announcement about Pentagon shortfalls. I think it was, oh, it was some crazy number. I can't remember. Yeah. And oh, here, we, here we have 9-11 the next day and nobody remembers that. I think that was 2.0 trillion, if I'm not mistaken, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, that had to do with uh, Bush, uh, uh, the, the trio there. Um, I'm having a little moment here. Rumsfeld and Cheney. Yes, yeah. Yeah, but of course they were puppets. I mean, let's be honest. The military industrial congressional complex that, that Eisenhower spoke about just continued to expand. And without these, you know, consider how dependent our economy is on it. I mean, literally. I I know. You know, and uh, so scaling back these foreign words would really hurt hurt a lot of economies around the whole, you know, local economies around the whole country and and our greater. Around the world, too. You know, there's so many military bases in foreign places that the whole economy runs around those bases. And so for us to shut down our bases and come home, that would really affect many countries as well. They don't want those bases to shut down. And yet, I think that's what we should do. I think we should shut down all of our military bases, come home, protect our own border, and just move forward with American lives and American focus, instead of just ginning up all these wars. Yeah, I agree. I think now we heard different numbers. It's kind of like hazy. Do we have 800 military bases off our shores? Or some people say there's satellite bases. It could be closer to a 1,000. Whereas I think all the other countries in the world combined have a total last I read of about 30, all the other countries combined off their shores. Russia's got like six. I mean, we're so propagandized when we realize the size of our military budget, which is that of, that's another thing that keeps shifting. You hear 10, as much as the next 10 countries combined, including two superpowers, but that doesn't account for the, the, the Pentagon uh, audits. <laughs> we're talking yeah. trillions and trillions. So those numbers are more propaganda. You see what I mean? We're constantly propagandized here and we don't realize it. And we think being a good American, you know, you got to wrap yourself in the flag and, you know, make the military stronger. My God, they, they fall short for all. Now, last I heard there was an audit several years ago, 35 trillion unaccounted for, 35 trillion up to that point. And then it's been several trillion, at least once or twice since. And if they're telling us it's 35 trillion and we can search for that and, you know, in a, it's in a, probably uh, double or triple. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. Who knows? I know it's boggling the mind and then, you know, what the real numbers are versus what we could be doing home, which we desperately need to do for our schools, for our towns. No, you know, the outsourcing of jobs to first NAFTA, the Bayesian Asian free trade agreements and the TPP and Trans-Pacific PAC, of course, let's be honest, I, I contend like Sheldon Wall and Democracy Inc., we're run, we're inverted totalitarianism. We're run by the international corrupt corporations, including the Catholic and, frankly, Mormon Church, if you really look at things. Yeah, um, there was a big scandal about money stuff with my church this past week. Did you oh see the God. story? No, yeah, I missed that one. The, um, the church was fined $5 million for mm-hmm. improperly filing tax things and it was it was very embarrassing for the church no question 
It's isn't it bizarre that we have these people at the top that of whatever organization that we entrust our lives to. They're there then, especially like you know my issues with the Catholic Church. We're talking about spiritual matters, and they are corrupt. The Catholic Church is the Catholic Church in the bank, and the corruption that's being exposed with the Catholic Church's bank, which is managed by London City. I mean, it's crazy corrupt. The guy hung him was found hanging from a bridge. I forget the fellow's name who was. Uh, with the Vatican, who's managing, interfacing with the banks they were interfacing with, whether he hung himself or who, that's the other thing is you heard about these suicides, nuts, did he, was he yep. suicided? All I don't good know. friends with the Clintons, another yeah. arc- arcanicide going on. I love the story about the guy who died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound, who was tied to a tree and had a electrical cord around his neck and there was no gun close by. But it was it was called a suicide. Oh, it's nuts. You know, it, it, I think that's, you know, the symbolism on the back of the dollar bill. Everybody have a look at it. Um, I think that's a direct message to people um, in the system uh, that if you step out of line, the ones who can recognize the symbolism, this is your fate. You follow me? And for it's the rest so of true. Us, they, they, yeah. they kill the people and then that sends a message to everybody else or they'll kill mm-hmm. their family. They'll kill their spouse. Oh, yeah. or- one of their kids. This is what's come out in this case in Utah. Um, the police have had over 120 people call in and make reports about this network functioning in Utah. Some of them are, are faithful, supposedly faithful Mormons. The, the thing that gets me about these calls that are being reported, they said there have been like 12 of them. People have called in, burst into tears, and then hung up the phone. And I tell you, William, it's those people who can't even find the voice to say what they did to them, who are so freaked out and so scared that they can't make a police report. It's for those people that I keep yelling at the top of my lungs about this case, because I am so sick of the the control matrix. It's 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 got the the whole state of Utah just kind of grasped by the throat saying, don't you make a false move or. You're going to die or one of your kids is going to die or we're going to run you off the road. <clears throat> it sickens me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, they want us. Don't forget it. CIA that coined the phrase conspiracy theory to use to discount, dismiss anybody. A conspiracy is what? Two or more people acting together in a way that violates the law. You know, your rights. Well, that's they use that when they sued the mafia. Right. The racketeering act, the RICO act is all based on conspiracies. Conspiracies are real things. And you know what? I contend Washington and K Street. It's a conspiracy. Do you follow me between the lobbyists and the politicians and who's investing their money where and the revolving door? That's a grand conspiracy. How could we see it otherwise? We're not fair. Right. We're conspiracy realists. We got eyes. We're like, yeah, that's corrupt. Uh, hey, if you want to get rich, follow Nancy Pelosi's um, public trades. You know what I mean? Guaranteed you're going to make money. Not that I do that because I don't believe in investing in companies that are detrimental, like, uh, to, uh, humanity. So that's not my thing, but I'm saying, you know, it's pretty straightforward. You know, she's getting insider tips and her husband, the idea they're not talking when, when these politicians are on committees that they don't, oh, come on. What a bunch of nonsense. They want us to believe the most unrealistic scenarios. And yet, of course, they're generational wealth, generational families that, 
Oh, there's a book, Peter Phillips. It's called Giants. He's a Sonoma State University professor. Came out in 2018. Giants, you know, who rule the world. And he, he, he writes the book as an appeal to bring change. Please bring change. And we have to stop this. And, of course, you can follow it, you know, from the Black Rocks, Vanguard, State Street, Sequoias, to the, you know, uh, uh, Goldman Sachs. Uh, every, all the corruption, all the money flows, and all the agencies, the puppet agencies, what I call the alphabet soup groups, you know what I mean, whether it's the Council of Foreign Relations, you know, the Trilateral Commission, pick one. You know, this is, we have all these weird names. This is just our culture. You see it? Worldwide culture. Well, and it's not just Hunter Biden and Burisma. That's oh. the stench in, in Ukraine. It's mm-hmm. also Paul Pelosi, Nancy's son, Mitt mm-hmm. Romney's son, mm-hmm. and others, John Kerry's child. It's their kids who get all these plum positions and the never-ending money stream and, you know, the, the notoriety on the world stage. I saw this with Klaus Schwab, his own daughter and son are in very visible positions in the World Economic Forum. It's like they're saying, you know, we have searched the whole world to find the best people to fulfill these positions. And the only the only candidate we could find was my own kid. You know, you just have to be related by blood. You're in. You're related by marriage, by blood somehow in the cabal. You're part of them. You know what I mean? And then they have their puppets underneath them. They are never ending aristocrats. This yeah. is an aristocratic position. It's mm-hmm. the antithesis of what America was supposed to be. You know, America's supposed mm-hmm. to be everybody living their own good life and somebody will go and serve for a term or two and then go back home. That's the way it was designed. That's the way it's ideal. And to have these permanent politicians who go in and get sucked into the vortex and then just start churning, churning and, and creating policy for those who make the most money from the American taxpayer and it needs to stop. So I'm going to, I'm going to finish this show. Do you want to say anything else? Yeah, real quick. Let's call it what it is. It's the predator class. It's not the elite class. They're using our tax dollars to basically use us the bottom 90%. Anyway, one last thing, just because I know you're a high on high. That's not the right word. You're up on and you want current information on the vaccine information. Did you see the latest report Joseph Latimer put out February 18th? Yeah, the- I, I got that. You sent, it, you sent it to me in the direct message. Yeah. And I, I saw it. He, I love that guy. He yeah. is so good. And I did not take the time to read the report, but I know him and I know his voice. He's so calm and so matter of fact. And yet these are the facts, you know, so go ahead and share what you learned. What I did was there's the article in from um, Zero Hedge in the live chat. And I took a little screenshot and I made a copy text. So it's real brief. Let me read it in Florida alone. This is Joseph Latipo, right? We saw a 17,000% increase in reports after the release of the COVID-9 vaccine uh, compared to an increase of 400% in vaccine administration for the same period, Latipo uh, letter says. The reporting of life-threatening conditions increased 4,000, I hope I'm reading that right. I think I am. I don't have my glasses on. 4,400%. I don't think it's yeah, that's a comma. Yeah, it's not a decimal. I wanted to make sure. 4,400%, Jenny. Well, this is murder. Before you showed up, Bill, Gator and I got into it about the data sets and the numbers and, and what's what in terms of 
my beloved President Trump's rapid uh, delivery of the vaccine and what was he trying to accomplish? And Gator accused me of being for genocide because I believe that Operation Warp Speed was about the data sets and collecting data about in real time about what the effect has been and that this was one of the goals with Operation Warp Speed. He, he totally rejected that. We got into it quite heavily to the point where I said, we have to stop talking about this. I'm talking about Victoria Newland. Okay. But this, this is the type of information that your average Joe needs to see and hear. That yeah. these are the facts. These are the, this is the data we've collected just over the last year or the last three years. Mm-hmm. And then the consumers can look at that and say, you know, I'm questioning everything about these vaccines and the goals and what's what's truly going to bring health for me and for my family. And and that is so valuable. And Gator hit me really hard. He, he said, you know, Trump didn't do anything. And I was like, you know, my rejoinder to him on all of that is the one thing President Trump consistently said is that the news was fake. And he said it a million times. And he knows that the news is completely funded by the pharmaceutical companies and big pharma and the military industrial complex. He knows that. So when he attacks the media, he's attacking the money behind the media and the news media in particular is funded by big pharma. And so, you know, he, he's left the room, but he, he said, he claimed that Trump had done nothing. And my feeling is he's, He's done everything to help and, and he's continuing to help with this war situation. Did you watch his speech this past week? It was just a three minute long video about the yeah, war. I watched what he had to say. And you know, Jenny, you know, if we go down this road, we're going to have to agree to disagree about a lot of things. Cause you know, know, my position on Donald Trump and we've talked about it in your room and in my rooms and other rooms. So, uh, you know, uh, I don't know that we need to go down there because we get along when we talk about the vaccine issues. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'll just say for anyone listening, here's Bill's position. I don't get into the right left paradigm. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's really the people at the, the what we call can call, well, in fact, what Unlimited Hangout calls the Kissinger Continuum, which is Bilderberg World Economic Forum. What you have is uh, uh, Klaus Schwab is a protege of Kissinger. Kissinger is a mouthpiece or up front for the Bilderberg Group. Who's the Bilderberg Group? They met in secrecy in the early 1950s. They are the Kabbalists. Do you know what I mean? Who they are exactly, we don't know, because that's the secrecy that JFK talked about. Remember in his speech, in 1961 speech, when he talked I'm gonna about... Split, I'm going to splinter them to the wind. Yeah, the, well, he was talking about the monolithic conspiracy of the secret societies. Right, and so... The yeah. question is, Bill... Is Trump their man or do they hate him? I personally think they hate him. Well, I, I mean, we'll, I, I think you want to know what I think. And I, I look, we're each entitled to our opinions. We don't have to, we can acknowledge each other's differences and where we can agree. And I think in, in my position, you know, Albert Pike, a 33 degree Freemason, um, a Confederate general who predicted three world wars and, uh, uh, there's a, uh, hold on a second. I'm having a senior moment. Morals and Dogma. Okay. His book. Then you had the Encyclopedia of Freemasonry. He talks about Lucifer being the light bringer. This is Albert Pike. 
Okay. And you can check that out. And there's some quotes that I, if I had more time, I can go search. I want to end your room. We can pick it up at some point. Lucifer being the light bringer. And now when, for example, symbolism is important. When Albert Pike's statue was torn down during the Black Lives Matter movement, Trump was very adamant that that was wrong. It needs to be put back up. This is a Confederate general who cites Lucifer as a light bringer. So 33 degree Freemason, which a lot of presidents, and I'd have to look back and see how many, I'm going to say at least a third, perhaps more, including Truman, was were known 33 degree Freemasons. Talk about secret societies that JFK could have been alluding to for sure. I don't know because secret societies, although the Freemasonry, you know, they have, they have the, one of the main hubs right in Washington, D.C., so it's pseudo-secret. You know what I mean? And, um, there's a lot of people who insinuate, I'll just simply say, and I, that Trump is, his mother's Scottish and that it can go back to the Scottish Freemasonry. Um, his, if you follow his bloodline and there may be some connection there, but certainly he was upset and he wanted to see that those statutes, let me just say from the Confederate war, the Confederate generals, all that, in my opinion, needs to be in a museum put into context. We need context for young kids in the future. We, we can't have our history wiped out and wiped away or either when it comes to those statutes and, and what the context is, the full context of them. Um, and that would bring in both sides, uh, obviously, North and the South. There should be uh, freedom of speech on these issues where, where people can, young children, especially in the future where our history is not, you know, uh, uh, edited. And we, you know, that goes right back to, I know you, you want to run, but what the World Economic Forum, the UN, the World Health Organization still pushing for, you know, to determine what is misinformation, disinformation. And you have Ron DeSantis saying he'll tell those globalists not in Florida, World Economic Forum globalists not in Florida. And I, and uh, God bless him for that. And Joseph Latipo. So I, I, you know me, Jenny, I got to wind it down because I get wound up and then. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate, I appreciate the depth and breadth of your knowledge. And I totally agree with you. We have to keep our history for the sake of future generations. We can't allow them to scrub anything. That's and right. I, I'm a big believer in telling the truth, uh -huh. even to the little kids. They're not stupid. They can get it. And when you teach them this just either or history, that it's either all bad or all good, it's, it right. doesn't do anybody any favors. So exactly I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to finish the show with these two final quotes from the All In Pod. I was cheering as they talked because up to this week, they have been uh, incredibly um, sarcastic about President Trump, mean-spirited. They don't like him. They would never vote for him. And today, this is a pivot point where they're not saying, yes, we want to endorse him, but they are all standing here going, what the heck did this man just do in terms of the war and calling out Victoria Newland?" And I appreciate them for that. And whether or not they or anybody else votes for President Trump in the 2024 election, I do appreciate their honesty. They're willing to speak the truth. And so here's these final two quotes from the all-in pod that was recorded just like a day ago. ...who was responsible for backing this insurrection of a democratically elected leader in Ukraine in 2014 named Yanukovych, okay? 
Yanukovych was trying to was doing a, a balancing act between Ukrainian nationalists and Russia, and it was a very delicate balancing act. And we basically toppled him. And ever since then, the relations with the Russians over Ukraine have been headed south. If you're wondering why Putin seized Crimea, it was in direct retaliation for the coup that we backed in Ukraine in 2014. This is the origin of the conflict. And, you know, if you want to understand where this comes from, you have to go back to this. And the fact that Trump's willing to talk about it is pretty incredible. I think that the good news for us is I think that heading into June and the debt fiasco that's looming, I think we're going to, and I think this will help a lot, get distracted with domestic issues in the sense that it'll take some heat off of escalating all of this foreign adventurism. You know, this it, it, it's such a scene, like this is such a scene from Wag the Dog. Every time there's something inside the, the United States that we should really focus on, we have this Wag the Dog moment where we get distracted by some adventurism abroad and we forget and we lose sight. So we have this East Palestine thing right now. In June, we're going to have to come back to terms. The thing you about this war is... So... As I have, again, done this deep dive around the victim statements regarding the Utah case, uh, one of the things that came out is that there is a network of people who worship Satan, and they are functioning in the state of Utah as this network. And one of these guys has deep ties to Ukraine and lived over there with his family. And when Putin gave a speech recently talking about how the New World Order worships Satan and sacrifices children to Satan. I believe he was talking about this man and his connections in, U in, in Ukraine. This is David Levitt. He is an attorney in Utah. He ran for county attorney in the 2022 election and lost. And I just think he's been outed now as... Uh, just one of these swamp goblins who's made lots of money. Over the past couple of weeks, he and his wife announced that they have purchased a castle in Scotland to renovate. They said they want to lovingly renovate this castle. That's been a lifelong dream. And they have these children and they're going to go over to Scotland and work on this project. And I'm like, <laughs> who does that? You know, who has the money to go buy a freaking castle? And then the money to renovate it. Well, he's got it. And he's just standing there almost proudly looking at everyone going, you can't touch me. I'm bulletproof. You, you just, you can't even try to take me down. It's not going to happen. And I took all of those victim statements and published them on my blog at healthyfamilies.life in a post titled No More Secrets because I wanted everybody to have the ability to go read what people said about this man and the others in their network and what they did to children, because I believe people need to know. Um, as I read these statements that were compiled by the Provo police department, like in 2012 to 2014, a couple of victims came forward and they took their statements. These statements are not like two or three paragraphs. A couple of them are over a hundred pages. And as I read these statements in gross detail, delineating what happened to these young girls when they were children by people like David Levitt and his wife, who are alleged to be Satan-worshipping fake Mormons, 
who used the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as cover for their evil. They present as faithful members of my church, but they in fact worship Satan and engage in all sorts of ugly blood rituals to show their devotion to Satan. When I think about these people walking around the earth to Ukraine and Utah and making their money and rubbing shoulders with the elites, as I said, he claimed, David Levitt claimed he was best friends with the 2014 elected coup president of Ukraine in each other's homes, visiting each other, best of friends. What was he doing over in Ukraine for those 10 years? Putin knows something. He said that the elites worship Satan and he's helping to rip, rip the mask off of what's been going on in Ukraine. And so all I can say is buckle up, get ready. There's some stuff that's coming that you might be surprised to hear. And I would just ask you to suspend disbelief and open up your heart to the truth. Here's this final quote from the All In Pod, and I'll end the show here. About this war is it's existential for Putin. It's existential at this point. Yes. He cannot back and off. It's extra, and it's extracurricular for us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's why, that's why Obama to. said back in 2014 that the Russians have escalatory dominance. They will always climb the escalatory ladder all the way up to nukes if they have to. And the sooner we recognize that fact, the better off we're going to be. I think the good news is that, that we are... speech that he did where he kind of highlighted... I, I didn't see the speech. Was it good? We, we, already, already said, you we know, just talked about it. It was, it was two minutes. It was fabulous. Sachs yeah. just mentioned it. The, the crazy thing yeah. is it sounded a lot like what we were talking on this podcast, which is he talked about all these generals... That retired Victoria from... Newland. He, he mentioned Victoria, Victoria Newland by name. By name. By name. He 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 really did. Wait, explain to the audience this because I didn't okay. see this because I'm, I'm on a different time zone and it, it must okay. have broken when I was uh, asleep or skiing. Well, it's a two minute video in which he, I, like I said, he attacked the military industrial complex and the foreign policy establishment for creating this yep. war. And he mentioned Victoria yep. Newland by name. Let me tell you something. Newland is going to be. It's going to be a very popular message. When yes, put out it is very popular. Newland is the Fauci of this situation. Okay. The same way that Fauci was supposed to be protecting us <laughs> from viruses and then funded gain-of-function gain research. Victoria uh, Newland... Now we got a label. Let me tell we you just something. Victoria Newland, misinformation. Victoria Newland was supposed to be our chief diplomat with respect to Russia and Eastern Europe. And what did she do instead? She ginned up this conflict. How? Ginned up. <laughs> we backed an insurrection in Ukraine in 2014. Jason, if you didn't like the insurrection of January 6th, let me tell you, you aren't going to like the insurrection that she staged in Ukraine because they brought okay. in these Ukrainian far-right nationalists as the muscle question, why are we spending all this money to defend Germany when Germany has this big pipeline deal with Russia? It doesn't seem like they need our protection. They should just pay for it themselves. But I think there's a separate point that Tremont just made that is a really good point, which is Trump's instinctual resistance to what the deep state wants. And he actually said it this week. He gave a, um, a two-minute televised statement that was all over Twitter where he basically made the argument that, listen, the reason why we're in this war is because of the military-industrial complex and the foreign policy establishment. They basically courted this conflict, and they are working at odds with the interests of the American people. It's actually a fairly radical critique. I don't think a major presidential candidate has run against the military-industrial complex the way that he is now positioning himself. Harry that's the end of my quote from the All In Pod. 
I would really encourage you to go listen to the whole thing, especially that kind of like last 15 minutes where they really um, just did a great job of, of saying what's what. This is Jenny Hatch, the Healthy Families podcast. I so appreciate all of you who showed up live and shared your thoughts. And I will be back to talk more about this topic probably on Monday. I hope everybody has a great weekend. God bless you and God bless America.